My name is London. And my name's Chris. And you're listening to The to Core. Welcome to episode two of To The Core. Yes, I the second one. <laughs> the, yeah, the second one. We made it to two. We're doing really good. We might so quit far. while we're ahead. Who knows? We'll um, Chris, how are you doing this week? You know, I've been pretty good. So working from home has been a trip lately, but I think I'm starting to get into the groove of actually doing that and it's easier than I thought and actually pretty enjoyable so I don't really want to go back to work when this is all over I'd rather would work from my room you know how about yourself this week has been wild already it's Tuesday and we have killer hornets have arrived in the United States and also uh Stephanie Myers releasing another Twilight book in August so 2020 is just it's just continuing to be weird that is wild. I actually forgot it was Tuesday earlier. All the days are just kind of blending together. And I was talking to someone at work. And I'm like, and tomorrow, Tuesday, I mean Wednesday. Yeah, it was really embarrassing. Yeah, I don't even know if days exist anymore. It's all just kind of one ride. And, like, my sleep schedule's been so fucked up during this. It's 11.30 right now. I got up at 9 p.m. and called Chris. And, yeah, it's... It's been a time. Well, time is relative. That's what they say anyway. That's true. And as long as you're having a good time, that's what matters. Yeah. <laughs> so jumping in, uh, we're on episode two and we already need to do corrections. To so, the corrections. Yeah. We're like a real podcast already. We're already giving misinformation and fucking up. The first one is, I think uh, we're actually going to have it edited out. So you're not going to hear the roast, but I still wanted us to own up to it and re- give an evaluation on this band but we roasted a new band called corvid last week really hard and it's from the same singer as suicide silence eddie hermita has a new band called corvid and we definitely thought it was a play on covid and core smashed together which is also what the tweet said that i had discovered that this was a thing from turns out corvid is a family of crows or something with crows so we're just we're just wrong we're sorry to corvid they dropped a new song called hack last week and we roasted them a lot to re-review the song it has some symphonics in it that we didn't really vibe with but i did say the construction of the song otherwise seemed pretty good it's definitely core, so... I feel like you're being nicer <laughs> this time, but I mean, I, w- I think we were a little bit too mean. Maybe because of the name last time alone, that might be, maybe like kind of oh, set the Oh, we roasted them real hard on the yeah. name. And I did say, and I could go find the clip if I have to, I did say that I think the song is well-constructed, like, instrumentally and you melodically, yeah. and that I would probably check out other music from this band, except I can't get past the name. But now that I've been so wrong about their name, I will definitely check out more of their music because I feel really bad. Well, sorry, Corvid, but um, (laughs) I also like how you said symphonics this time. That's a good way to describe it. But yeah, they do have those hacking sounds, if you want to say it like that, the electronic little glitchy sounds here and there. But no, I really do agree that it was a well-constructed song. But uh, for me, I apologize, guys. (laughs) I did talk about this wonderful new show that i've been vibing with however i got the name completely wrong well not completely wrong 50 percent wrong i told you guys about midnight choir my apologies duncan trussell and uh, pendleton ward it's actually midnight gospel guys midnight gospel so if you're listening to the first episode and don't listen to this episode 
I'm sorry that you'll never find this great show, but it's fucking awesome. So, sorry guys. But, we get to get into the meat and potatoes. So there was a recent interview with Keith Buckley of ETID. He was talking about getting political with the new record. You know, when you hear a band, you hear someone from a band saying, oh, we've actually made the best record possible. I think here he's actually getting more in-depth with what he means behind that. And I actually, I actually believe him. Yeah, they keep saying, like, this is the best record yet. This got the heaviest Eated stuff. And I've been, like, uh, nervous that it's a little overhyped. And it still could be that way. But this interview definitely made me a lot more excited for this album. I was already yeah. excited. Just full disclosure, no secret. Chris and I are ride or die for Eated. We have matching Eated eyes. Um, Hot pink ones, to be exact. Yeah, Chris has already turned it into like an Eated piece, and I'm planning on getting a pretty similar piece. So we're gonna have matching Eated pieces. Ride or die for this band. And this just really sealed that deal for me that this is the right decision to do on this band. I loved this interview. I did too. I kind of got lost in reading it. Keith Buckley is a good person to interview. He's good at speaking. He's good at putting his thoughts together. I mean, he's a writer, for God's sakes. He writes lyrics. He writes books, what have you. But also an English English teacher. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) you know, so he has that going for him. But it's good that he's giving us a little bit of a sneak peek into what they're writing about. Yeah, Um, I thought it was interesting that Alt Press titled this article, Keith Buckley promises every time I die have made their best album yet. But the whole content of the article is being very specific about their position with the Trump administration and he's being very specific about his thoughts of the Trump administration and how it just connects with music so I was really satisfied with this whole article you know we're approaching another situation where Trump could win so we have another four years of I mean it's something that could happen of Trump so people are like well we got to definitely speak up. I'm just going to go ahead and read one of my favorite quotes from this article, if you're fine with that. Please do. Just to, to start out with. So Keith said, you don't need to hang out in political circles or listen to political podcasts to know that supporting the Trump administration is a question of human decency of morality. Seeing how such brazen stupidity and heartlessness affects people who just want to follow their own bliss and love whoever they want to love and provide a better life for their families, it disgusts and angers me. But I'm not so blinded by that anger that I can't recognize a symptom of helplessness when I see it. This spoiled, delusional preteen of a country has failed the people it was supposed to protect and made us feel so worthless that there are actually those of us who don't believe that we deserve things like Medicare for all. And even if they do, it's not enough to have. Others must have not. That really nails it on the head. Exactly. And... I feel like so many people are feeling a symptom of helplessness. And if you don't like politics and music, like we're not going to stop talking about this. Like, I'm sorry, listener, (laughs) this will remain political because that's just who we are. But I do. I feel like people feel so helpless, especially with, you know, Joe Biden has been pretty much sealed as the Democratic nominee at this point because everyone else dropped out pretty much. People feel helpless, and I just am really impressed and surprised that Eated is, they're literally saying that it's going to be a 16-song album pretty much dedicated to just tearing apart politics right now. I would not have predicted this, to be honest. Well, also, I think the timing right now with this pandemic, like, ooh, pandemic time, you know, I mean, this is changing life as we know it. Yeah, right now, we're definitely changing. We're 
doing social distancing, quarantining, trying to isolate ourselves as much as possible. But there's forever going to be effects from this, impacts from this. I feel like, you know, once things start to open up, it's slowly going to trickle out. People are going to start coming out slowly and it's going to slowly get back to whatever life was when it was normal. But, you know, there's people that don't believe, like they say socialistic ideas are not something we need here. We already have those those things in place already and they accept those. Like right now, the stimulus checks, that was that was a bit socialistic, right? That's socialism. UBI, universal base income. That's a socialist thought. Those same people are usually the like ride or die, back the blue, blue lives matter, whatever. But like, how do you think police get paid for? You realize that that stems from the exact ideas you're fighting against with socialism, where taxpayers use their money to actually pay for services that benefit them. It's what the police are. (laughs) <laughs> like, like what <laughs> i don't i don't understand and also kind of drawing on you know talking about police he actually does mention something in here in the interview he's talking about like different ideals that he learned as he was growing up like testing beauty products or any type of products on animals protesting against animal fur but he also mentions like being suspicious of police understanding that there is a level of injustice i definitely really appreciate him recognizing these things and actually using his platform addressing these things because a lot of people were not happy with this article and are not happy that Etid is getting political. I was actually very impressed with Etidiots. Shout out Etidiots. The response I saw in there, I didn't see anybody getting upset about it. And to completely out myself here, sometimes I view that group as a little bro-centric, to be honest. Um, And some stuff has rubbed me not the best, but I was just very impressed and thankful for that community. But then when you get on the normal page and look at those comments, I I remember one particular was like, music is my escape. Why would you make it political? Whatever. And I wanted to address that in that a lot of people don't get an escape from politics. And also if you're viewing politics as, especially in 2020, politics is not just a matter of opinion. It is a matter of morality, which is something that he touches on a lot in this article. It's not a difference of opinion if you think people deserve rights or not. It's not a difference of opinion if you think it's acceptable to lock children in cages and rip them from their family and not give contact. That's not a matter of opinion. Like, it's a matter of human decency, to go to that exact quote. Someone who says that, too, is someone who has not been impacted directly by any of the things that the Trump administration has put forth. Yeah, you know, if you want to escape through music, you've got tons of avenues. I am really excited to see this band get political. I also wanted to talk about this rhetoric I've seen recently as well. In the last probably year, the first time I saw this is when Refused announced their U.S. tour and on their poster, it's a picture making fun of Donald Trump. Yeah, and classic. I saw this on the ETID post as well, and it's essentially the argument is what happened to punk being anti-establishment and non-conforming. Now everyone conforms to the leftist establishment and propaganda or whatever. What? What are you talking about? Wait, what? Like, Punk is not anti-establishment and non-conforming for the fun of being anti-establishment and non-conforming. That's not a thing. You don't just look at, quote-unquote, what's the majority. And also, like, Republicans run this country. Like, what are you talking about? Like, the president's a Republican. Senate majority, I'm pretty sure, is Republican. Before the last midterms, House was also Republican. Like, what are you on? Not a thing. But even if it was, let's say this was the majority. It's not just 
non-conforming for the sake of being non-conforming. It was non-conforming because they're looking at these things like women being oppressed, gay people being oppressed, abortion rights being taken away, and women literally dying in alleyways. Looking at shit like that and saying, hey, this establishment is fucked up. It's always been looking at what's actually wrong and looking at what's morally wrong and then being anti that. It's not about just being anti-establishment. I truly cannot wrap my head around the justification on this argument. So what, I, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I feel like saying something like that, well, you gotta be just anti-establishment for the sake of it. That's almost like nonchalantly being like, well, I'm punk now, so I'm gonna be an anarchist and anti-establishment. Like, no, no. Like, I feel like the punks that become punks that are truly in that scene, they get mad, they get riled up about these things. They feel helpless. They're like, well, I can't really change it, so what I'm gonna do is do what I can. I'm gonna write music about this. I'm gonna tell my side of things. I'm gonna get it out there. So I'm on the same side as you are. Like, I just don't think that you just kind of have that mind state and just suddenly have it. Like, well, I'm a punk now. It's something that you get into, right? Yeah. It's so interesting, too, because this scene in this culture has such a thing about being kind of pretentious about posers and you know about being fake and all this stuff and like are you really into metal enough and maybe i've just gotten that more because i happen to be a woman that's i guess just a thing with like any hobby we have is we have to prove ourselves extra or, like we get questioned extra or like whatever we like is the girl thing of that thing thankfully it hasn't been that way as much in the last few years but definitely through the years i've gotten shit like that oh, but yeah. I do feel like there is a general pretentiousness and like when bands change their sound or something they're like excommunicated and everybody hates them or whatever. Yeah, like they say sellouts, that's what the the chants are and yeah, they bring the pitchforks yeah, and torches like out to chase them. We often don't want to support our own people being successful, which like drives me crazy. But that's a whole nother topic in Soapbox. I know we're already on the Soapbox, but it's just interesting that we do have that thing about posers and fakes and whatever. And yet you also simultaneously have these people with this cognitive dissonance to be like, yeah, anti-establishment just because of it. Or I'm a punk now, so I guess these are the things I have to believe in. But like that would be the most fake and quote-unquote actual poser thing you could do. So wow, I just... Good point. I don't even... I think That's the, the last, ultimate poser move. Yeah. I just... I don't even know. I know we got to move on, but I think you highlighted a, a quote here as well that can serve as like a last point about this before we move on to new music from this week if you wanted to read it. Lastly, the only other thing I want to talk about on this um, so we can kind of move on to other things we were going to talk about. I'm going to read a comment that I found. This one was kind of at the top and I don't usually dig deep to look at comments, but this one actually stuck out at me and it reads, there's a big difference between being inclusive and being as inclusive and open as possible. Picture a show where you've got one person jumping around enjoying themselves while keeping everyone else's right to enjoy the show as well as their own personal safety in mind. Then picture another person who walks into the venue and doesn't care if their actions or behavior harm another person. This is what he's talking about. Anyone is welcome into the party, but to stay in the party, you need to show respect to everybody else. If you're not capable of that, then you should probably find a more suitable place to get your kicks. I feel like people should say get your kicks more often. I love that. But <laughs> this comment was in regards to or in response to Keith's statement about people thinking being in hardcore and supporting Trump are mutually exclusive. This kind of uh, reminded me of something that happened last year, I want to say, where Corey from Norma Jean mentioned that, you know, we welcome Trump supporters. We welcome MAGA hats. We welcome anybody, you know. And he actually said that in response to Keith saying those type of people people are not welcome at our show. So Keith's always been kind of political, but this was something that really, you know, I picked up on that, that happened last year. So it kind of feels like that's 
going back to that in a way without directly mentioning him, you know? Yeah, I didn't know Corey had actually said that, though, which is interesting. Okay, so I've been saying this for a while. Whenever I'm at a show and somebody in the band says the message of we accept everyone here we love you no matter who you are blah 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 and everybody like claps i don't clap for it anymore because i don't support that i actually don't think if you're a kkk member i don't want you at a show i don't want nazis at the show nazis fuck off i don't want pedophiles at a show i don't want people who commit sexual assault at a show i don't want any of those people at shows sorry i don't yeah don't support it at all the thing is is that i feel like anyone who wears maga gear to a show is trying to be inflammatory if you go to shows you know punk ethics for one you know how controversial that stuff is and also it's like imagine telling yourself like this that like this is really where you stand and we finally started progressing and getting more people interested in this kind of music you know maybe not all these bands are getting political but i think it is tapping into some sort of rage that is collectively being had for a lot of people whose politics lean left and it just feels gross it's unnecessary i feel like you articulated that well and i think that's the point of keith saying that like he sees that as an infringement of people having a good time he sees that as a fu to people who are directly affected by the trump administration so something that you know we definitely need right now and it is good to hear that etid is getting political on this new record the last quote that i i think really applies here that i wanted to say from him since then referring to the trump win he says the scene and all its inherent good has only become more essential it has proven itself as a light in the darkness which i think taps into what i just said with horror music i think taps into some of this like collective rage that people have and i've been noticing with shows especially in the last probably three four months it feels like they just keep getting completely packed out now we've had covid so who knows what will happen after this but i think that was a great point of this providing an outlet for a lot of people it's exciting well yeah i mean in response to after covid i mean you know after well who knows when things will get back to normal but i feel like people will want to celebrate again and go to shows maybe People might go to shows who never would have gone to shows like, well, shit, I'm out of the house. You want to do something we've never done? Like, I mean, that could be good for the scene as well. Yeah, that's a good point. I know we're going to get into some more COVID talk down the line. We've already been talking for like 30 minutes, so we should definitely go into the rest of music news. So other than that, this also goes along with being stuck inside and needing something to do. So for all you metal fans out there and fans of live music, the website Brooklyn Vegan, they did put out a list of 12 great metal concert streams that you can watch, listen to right now. They have bands like Metallica, Anthrax, Lamb of God on there. Most importantly, ETID. Every Time I Die, their Shitmas or Tid the Season stream is on the list by the one and only Hate56, videographer extraordinaire, if you will. That link will be put on Twitter at some point. Hopefully, the goal for this week is to actually start using Twitter. So if you want to follow us at, I think it's to the core pod with the number two. And if you want to tweet at us like some good core meme pages, if those exist on Twitter, I don't really Twitter yet, but I'm going to this week. I used to um, tweet tweeter. <laughs> I know you follow people. If you have like a good page to follow, that'll give us funny material to retweet. Please add that at us so we can follow it. Or if you run one, then we'd like to follow you. Moving into new music from this week. So last week we talked about that Paris was going to be dropping a new song at midnight. It's now been out for a week. It is called Give Me a Minute. So <laughs> at first listen, I was pretty disappointed with this song i gotta admit usually with paris stuff i'm pretty instantly on board but this did not 
catch me from the first yeah. like second you're like all oh, right yeah, yeah Paris. okay <laughs> I, I mean i listen through the whole thing but they you know they usually get me but you know what after listening to this more it's actually grown on me a bit especially being in quarantine and this week i have been feeling a lot like i'm losing my mind which is a part of the chorus or i guess the pre-chorus for the song i also recently noticed the lyric in the first verse that says told me to sing while i was choked and I was just like, oh, fuck, Lynn's really going out about her experience. So I can really vibe with that. And it's it's definitely grown on me since the first listen. What did you think, Chris? Well, I think it's interesting, your perspective of it as a diehard Paris fan. And then, you know, I'm over here like, oh, yeah, I kind of just got into them. You know, they're cool. Like, so I absolutely loved it from the first listen. I think okay. also I'm a big visuals kind of guy. I really love a good music video, and the music video really amplified the song for me. I think that that was really well put together. So I think it's a bop. Like, I've been listening to it a few times since um, since last night, actually. Oh, hell yeah. Paris is always really good with their aesthetics in music videos, if you haven't taken the time to watch some more of their stuff. <laughs> I've been down the rabbit hole a little bit. Last night, you know, after I was done listening to it and kind of prepping a little bit for today, I kind of just let the music play on their list, like whatever YouTube would recommend next. But no, they definitely do a really good job with their music videos. They put, put together a lot of good visuals that really kind of help amplify the song. And I really liked it a lot. Yeah. Speaking of new music videos as well, we got new Evanescence. And yeah. Evanescence put out a music video that oh, was wow. very COVID-esque, all them sort of isolated and individually playing stuff. I feel like maybe that would make the song kind of vibe with people easier. Like, if that wasn't the video, I probably wouldn't have watched it all. I'm not really into that kind of sound, and I don't know. I, I did like Evanescence back in the day, but I think the video just made it more palpable almost. Definitely very topical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The song itself, I thought it was catchy, and like I enjoyed it on that listen and like watching the video but like you said it's not necessarily my taste it did feel very kind of like a mix of my immortal and call me when you're sober for some reason is what is coming to my brain so if you're into some of the older evanescence stuff i think you would still really like this if that's still your jam i mean it's definitely evanescence and we got another covid related song what do you know we should <laughs> just be called to the covid at this point but anyway oh uh, god to the corvid or there, there we go uh, you can just talk about that <laughs> band all the time so, <laughs> sorry eddie <laughs> sorry eddie but anyway hobson the rapper the song is literally called covid mansion <laughs> very very fitting title i mean he's always been a very skilled rapper and everything that he's saying in this is jokes like puns what have you about the given situation he still has his signature flow he'll make fun of people he'll he'll kind of i i don't know he talks about the life he leads and it sounds like it's fun for him the thing i want to get to is the outfit so he's wearing what reminds me of it's kind of like inspired by scorpion from mortal kombat if you know about Mortal Kombat, Scorpion, his catchphrase that he says when he's doing one of his moves is, get over here, right? You don't want people to get over here right now. So I think that might be like a tongue-in-cheek reference to that. So that's one I thing that I that. really picked on. I uh, I really liked this song, too. It's catchy. To be honest. I thought it flows really well, like you said. It really just gets into, like, every aspect of this pandemic, including, like, not having toilet paper, which I thought was really funny. And he mentioned having bat soup in Wuhan. That's what he mentions in the song. He mentions pretty much everything that's happened on this COVID 2020 timeline, so... Yeah, I think the chorus is literally like, get back, stay back, stay away from me. 
and he even says like you know if you recognize me in public i don't want to hang out with you guys until the rona is over or something like that like yeah like, yeah, yeah exactly if you like hip-hop or rap go check it out music video is entertaining as well that's hobson with covid mansion also another non-core artist that did a i didn't really listen to the lyrics of this song i don't know if the lyrics are covid related but the music video is definitely covid related and it's called we are warriors by avril lavigne is making music in 2020 congratulations avril she's back she's doing her thing this video though features a bunch of care workers so nurses and probably respiratory therapists and just doctors and people who are really putting their lives on the line working on this pandemic every single day. So it's a really cool video. I think um, the lyrics are kind of indirectly. So I guess they're saying we are the warriors, the essential workers, the, the hospital workers, the people that are helping us heal from this. They are I thought the you were still quoting the, the chorus being we are the warriors, the hospital workers. <laughs> and I was like, wow, I really missed that. <laughs> we are the warriors, the because I heard, workers. yeah, <laughs> Avril, is that you? Because <laughs> I, I did leave the song on, so it, it just sounded sort of like a generic pop anthem feel good kind of thing which it's not going on my 2020 top songs playlist either but like it was fun yeah and i i do think it's good talking about music videos songs that are about this situation because yeah it is impacting everybody right now so you know, this might be your cup of tea, especially if you like Avril. So congratulations to Avril for still making music in 2020. Or should I say Melissa, if you believe the old conspiracy theory? What? She was cloned or something? Is that what you're telling me? The conspiracy theory is that Avril Lavigne died back at like the heightened period of her success. I think the story is that like her grandpa died and she was depressed and took her own life. But they didn't want to cause, you know, a massive panic because if you were a kid in the 2000s, and Avril Lavigne was, you know, everywhere. She was, I think they called her the punk princess. That sounds about So they right. didn't, yeah, so they didn't want to cause a panic. So they got one of her body doubles named Melissa to get plastic surgery to look more like her and to take her place. And yeah, you can Google it and find <laughs> lots of articles and threads just pointing out like differences in appearance, differences in music. Wow, I wish uh, Netflix would like buy the rights on that and make a Netflix original on that. I'd watch it. Well, but it'd be like, there's a documentary about Paul McCartney that's basically the same thing says he died in like a car accident in the 70s or whatever and then was replaced by a double and so that way people wouldn't you know panic about the Beatles and then the whole documentary goes through like all of the subtle lyrics and subtleties on their album covers and everything pointing to that Paul's actually dead it's actually very entertaining would recommend if you're into conspiracy stuff next new music that we'd like to talk about this is probably the closest thing to core that we've talked about this thus far but the band Pup, they have a new song called Anaphylaxis. For those of you who are not familiar with Pup, they're a punk band from Canada. Did you like this song at all? Uh, it wasn't for me. Yeah. <laughs> was it the animation um, of the video or was it the song itself? Oh, no. I mean, a video is never going to make or break a song for me. That's not how I function. Just something about the flow of it and the vocals just didn't do it for me. I know you had me listen to something off Pup's last album that I really liked, and they seemed more like maybe pop punky would be the word. I don't know if that's accurate for that album. I only listened to one song. Please don't come for me. This song just had a different vibe, so it wasn't really like for me. But if you're gotcha. into the style of vocals, then I think you would like it. <laughs> Well, you know, just to pick up on that, that's happened before. Like, I've 
been like, hey, check out Pup. But the thing that they come back with is, I don't know if that vocal style is for me. So, I mean, it's definitely not for everybody, but I, for one, really like this band. So it's good to hear them coming out yeah. with new music, especially, you know, right now when we, yeah. we need something to listen to, right? Yeah. Always want to support. So if you're a Pup fan, you got a new song. It's good. There is another, I'd actually, I was not aware of this, but there's, I think the band is Fake Names and they released a song called Being Them. And it's actually the same vocalist as Refused. Oh. So I didn't know that. I thought he looked familiar. I was like, hmm. Yeah, that's why it caught my attention is because it's Dennis from Refused. But it's a very, like, it's kind of a traditional punk sound, but not thrashy, I feel like. So I dug it. Also, probably never listening to it again. But if that's your jam, Fake Names Being Them, new song. You know, I'm surprised that you mentioned that because, like, if, if I was listening to our podcast right now and you told me that that was another project of his, I would kind of expect something other than what it was. Not saying it's bad. Also not saying that it's as hardcore or as loud as they were. So, yeah, I mean, I guess, I don't know, I guess you kind of hit it on the head. That's kind of what I would describe it as as well. But nonetheless, it's something interesting to check out, something new. Yeah, another one that honestly wasn't for me <laughs> it's like three in a row but i saw a lot of people talking about this and really into it mind force dropped an ep called swinging swords and chopping lords which nope. i really like this title the whole ep is six minutes and 57 seconds which i think is hilarious <laughs> and i really appreciate that now this is actually sort of the opposite problem it's like too thrashy for me but the vocals really reminded me of turnstile and i fun fact hated turnstile before I saw them live. I saw them open for Every Time I Die and absolutely fell in love with them and now I love them recorded. So I think this band could totally be the same situation just for whatever reason recorded. It just doesn't do it for me either. You know, I was trying to kind of place the vocals as well because it's obviously thrashy. That's something that you can inherently tell from their sound. But yeah, the vocal style was a little bit different from what you would think of thrash vocals sounding like. So yeah, they do kind of sound like a turnstile vibe, but it's almost kind of like grindcore song linked we do have a new boston manor album so they're you know kind of on the forefront of the pop punk scene i guess, i don't know if i would consider it forefront i'm not too familiar with new pop punk but would you say they're kind of on the forefront of that new scene i also do not feel qualified to talk about forefront yeah. but they're definitely pretty popular they've gained a lot of popularity in the last couple of years I've seen them tour with both movements and microwave i really like boston manor i haven't checked out this album it's called glue by the way so glue like the thing you use to put paper on other paper as a kid some people <laughs> have glue as well you're really revealing a lot about yourself Chris. i'm not saying i um, do that <laughs> or ever have gone i just like how my first thought was just innocent art projects and you're like yeah getting high with glue i'm the resident drug historian here i guess that's <laughs> what we're finding out today you're you're the historian of the podcast so you got the music <laughs> history you got the drug history that's all you get um, <laughs> but anyways i haven't gotten to check out this album yet because I've been listening to the album of the day, the Dance Gavin Dance new album. So maybe that'll be what we review next week is Glue. Who knows? But I am really excited to check it out. I actually did listen to it a little bit, but when I was listening to it, and again, I'm not too familiar with the band, so I probably am not qualified to say they're on the forefront of the pop punk scene, so don't get at me about that comment. But <laughs> Just don't add us about anything. It's yeah, fine. Don't at us, okay? Assume we're wrong. We we are not professionals. We're just having fun. <laughs> but so I, I had to listen to a previous song to get an idea of like if they were doing something new. 
And it does sound like they are. So they're definitely doing new stuff. Well, like yeah. from the singles they've dropped for like, sure. I'm almost hearing kind of an industrial vibe to it. Like there's some I don't know. They're definitely using new textures, new sounds in their songs. So it's not just the instruments themselves. And so it does sound like they are branching out. From what I heard, it's not necessarily what I go for. Not my cup of tea. I'm not really into pop punk all that much, though. But like we say, to each their own. I mean, that sounds like me with Dance Gavin Dance last week. And spoiler, I'm going to be changing my tune a little bit this week. So, mm-hmm. hey, you know, maybe Glue will be the album next week. Who knows? But moving on. So with COVID... A lot of states are talking about opening up next week, but with that, the concern is that cases are going to spike and... So a lot of festivals are kind of put in the position of should we go on? Should we cancel? A lot of tours are working with this concept of do we postpone it? Do we cancel it? So I wanted to kind of update about that, talk about a little bit what this means for everything. Something funny to start off with is that Chris and I almost attended a music festival last weekend. That was unexpected. Yeah. And even more unexpected than that is that the music festival was on Minecraft. Wow, what a venue, The game. Right? the game where you build stuff they did they set up stages every band was supposed to be on the stream when their quote-unquote set was playing everything was supposed to be like customized backgrounds but because it's a concert in 2020 it got postponed instead of for corona it's because these servers overloaded because it was too popular but it has been scheduled to go on again on may 16th of 2020 starting at 3 p.m and the bands that i thought were kind of relevant or interesting to maybe check out would be knocked loose fever 333 is on it i want to know if they're gonna like put jason just on top of the speaker at random points and like jumping off yeah are like, there have, ladders yeah. on minecraft i believe the characters <laughs> jump around somehow and we know that fever yeah. 333 is very energetic on stage oh, so yeah. I want to see what that looks like in a video game, right? Yeah. We've also got Citizen and then Pussy Riot, which I really just want to see if they have ski masks on their Minecraft characters because that's I mean, their they, thing live. They gotta. I mean, they, they have to. Yeah. But continuing with postponement and cancellations. So Rage Against the Machine, which I was supposed to see in August of 2020, has now postponed their tickets to August of 2021. So they waited a full year. Wow. Which I thought was interesting. And I actually... Am I'm really glad that they took the approach that they did with this because rage tickets were so hard to get. Yeah, um, the scalpers got them way up there. The thing is, when they put the tickets on sale, you could only buy so many and you actually cannot sell them. So anyone that tried to scalp them, they're supposed to kind of be fucked because you can't sell them until a few days before the show. But they made the entire arena 150 each. So didn't matter if you were in the pit, didn't matter if you were in the nosebleeds, it was all just 150. And then they did certain seats that were charity seats. So basically, like, if you're a rich person and want to see Rage, cool, pay more, and then that money goes to charity, which I actually really liked this approach. A lot of people criticized them on it, but didn't criticize MyChem, but that's a whole nother story. Yeah. Also love MyChem, no hit on MyChem, but it was just ridiculous the outrage Rage got on this. But yeah, we, I mean, my roommate and I, we were both sitting in the Ticketmaster line for like an hour. He finally got in and somehow got us pit tickets but yeah so thankfully they postponed it no one has to go wait in line again but if you do want a refund because you can't sell the ticket because of how they have it set up you're upset because it's postponed a year whatever you don't want the ticket they will refund you which i thought was a really good approach you know i'm not too surprised at them postponing it a whole year because (laughs) they're going against what trump's saying like he's all about opening up things as quick as possible 
And Rage is over here like, nah, we're just going to do it next year. Fuck you, man. And they want to keep everybody safe, which I think is admirable. It's good. On the other hand, you had Motionless and White put out a statement this week canceling their tour with Knocked Loose. And this is going to be sort of my point throughout this, is that I think that with bigger bands or bigger events that were harder to get tickets to, like Rage Against the Machine and My Chem, or even festivals, I think postponement is probably the best move with the option to refund if you need that money back because people are struggling for money i have a bunch of money just held up in postponed concerts right now but if you are a tour like motionless and white knocked loose i really appreciate the cancellation because these tickets are not difficult to get and also it puts that ticket money back in the hands of the person that bought the ticket who might be struggling right now yeah i for one you know talking about festivals i would rather them be postponed and canceled but definitely you know on the same page with you with these events that they're easy to get tickets to yeah some festivals are straight up canceling though like incarceration in ohio has been canceled welcome to rockville carolina rebellion and rock on the range i know they have different names now i don't care it's the same thing the one in florida north carolina and ohio those festivals they all got canceled they're all the same like company same with louder than life they're all the dwp festivals so they've all been canceled which is i imagine disappointing like usually i go to at least one of those couldn't this year because my graduation was supposed to overlap but you also have blue ridge rock fest in virginia so kind of close to where i'm at still a couple hour drive but they're hopeful that the show's going to go on with everything opening back up so they're not ready to cancel yet and they actually put out a statement on that and then announced falling in reverse on it but on the contrary you've also got fest which if you're not familiar with is a big thing in florida it's a lot of bands that aren't huge usually but they still usually get a good lineup and a good mix of some local and some medium-sized bands but they put out a stance and I thought this was interesting. They literally wrote coronavirus shamormonavirus. We're festing in all caps. So that's kind of an opposite stance. It was kind of like, fuck you, coronavirus. Don't care. We're still putting on the show. We gonna party. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Well, I'm hopeful as well that we're going to be out of quarantine sooner rather than later. I was looking at the dates and it looks like it's going to be later fall. I think, sep- well, not late fall. I'm sorry. Early fall, uh, late September into October. Or maybe it's late October, I don't remember. But I'm just hoping that by that time, we're still going to be able to go on with our plans to go to festivals planned around that time. But what really stuck out to me was the list of artists that were posted because it is a good mix of bands that both stick out to me and bands that I've never really heard of, as well as bands that I, I only know on surface level. So it's all over the place, but in a good way. Yeah, to clarify, the dates are October 30th through November 1st. So oh. if you want some Halloween plans, Fest could be a good option for you. I knew it was fall related, but I just couldn't remember the dates. Thank you. (laughs) Coronavirus, Shermonavirus. What bands stuck out to you on the lineup? Well, Modern Life is War, number one, being from the state of Iowa. I mean, I know that people will say that Slipknot is the main band, the major band from Iowa, but in my eyes, Modern Life is War is up there as well. They did a lot for, you know, the hardcore scene and the local scene in Iowa, but also other than them, they have Callous Dow Boys that are on the list as well. These guys are from Atlanta. Georgia. They're very chaotic sounding. I really enjoy them. The band that really kind of, this band was probably the biggest out of the three that really stuck out for me, Sparta. So the band Sparta actually came out of the band At The Drive-In, which is actually from your home state of Texas. Ah. Now, At The Drive-In was very prolific at their time. When they split up, they created two different bands. So the Mars Volta was created, and so was Sparta. Now, Mars Volta was the more experimental alternative sounds that you found in At The Drive-In, and Sparta was more the 
straightforward, this is punk, this is what we're going to do. Amazingly enough, though, Sparta, they're only releasing their fourth album sometime this year in 2020. So, I don't know, that would be interesting if we ended up going. I would want to see that band play. Yeah, if everything else gets canceled, I would probably be down to try to go to this just because shows. <laughs> what stuck out to you, though? The biggest one for me to go in reverse order was Gouge Away. I absolutely love Gouge Away. They're from Florida. Super nice people to interact with. Great music. Just 10 out of 10. Love them. Uh, War on Women's on the bill. I haven't gotten to see them live. Recorded, they don't necessarily do it for me, but I think I would like them a lot live from what I've heard recorded. Pool Kids, which is not... We're on women's kind of like straightforward, punky, screamy kind of stuff. Cool Kids is like the opposite. I actually saw them open for the Wonder Years and they stuck out to me. They've got a lot more mellow vibes. I think you'd actually like them, Chris. I think they only have one album out right now. And then I've never really listened to Nightwish, but I have a friend who went to college in Tallahassee who like knows them and has talked them up. So I noticed they were on the bill. So check out Nightwish for supporting smaller bands. Right. And uh, always, I need to as well. well yeah, it's always good to. <laughs> follow that word of mouth like if you have friends that you trust like, yeah you, you know what i agree with you i'm gonna listen to that because we usually like the same thing so you know i will check that out as well just based on your recommendation from someone you know but yeah so it looks like it'd be a really fun time it'd be halloween so like hell yeah why not it would be um, fun to dress up in a costume at a festival that would be really fun. yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely and then lastly with this there's been an article shared around this week that the Missouri governor said that concerts can resume on May 4th, which was two days ago at this point in Missouri. Wild. If you go into the article, I believe I read that it, the event throwers are A, responsible for keeping people six feet apart still, and yeah. it can't be in any of the major cities. So basically, shows are not back on in Missouri and this article's just been passed around for some reason so I wanted to touch on that and correct that well <laughs> the thing that I thought of if it's a metal show you can't have a mosh pit if you're six feet apart I mean honestly that would be the safest way to mosh we're just all standing at different parts of the room it'd be like gym class where you have to like <laughs> keep some space apart and stretch oh, and then yeah. you just fight the air in place it's like hardcore calisthenics or something like that yeah that's hardcore quarantine. That's what that is. Actually, I like that idea. So, hey, <laughs> maybe that is that, that hey, could be fun. the future of the mosh pit. That would not get my adrenaline going <laughs> like a mosh pit does. That would probably not be satisfying. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Use your imagination. <laughs> yeah. So in the article, there's a quote that says, there are currently no limitations on social gatherings as long as necessary precautions are taken and six feet of distance can be maintained between individuals or families. Oh, I don't know if you've ever been to a concert, but that's not usually what happens. Yeah. Yeah. No. So <laughs> we'll just see how that goes. Okay. We'll we'll keep you posted. We'll we'll follow on the spike of uh, cases in Missouri after this yeah. happens. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, this is just a coronavirus podcast now. We're just dropping this the cast book. <laughs> Next up, notice today that Spirit Box. Which, if you don't know Spirit Box, I'm gonna shout out this band. Literally every opportunity I can. I will be annoying. I don't care. Courtney is the lead vocalist for them, and I just admire her so much. She used to be in I Wrestle little bear once and just everything they've dropped recently so a lot of people like their ep mara effect i really like the recent stuff they put out since balkara i can't get enough of it love it so they made a patreon if 
if you are interested in supporting them, but it's really funny because they made like an intro video to it that just had me like cracking up. Chris, I know you watched this too. Yeah, it's it's definitely good advertisement. Like <laughs> basically she comes to the conclusion by saying like three different words, pay, tree, on, and she's acting out like, you know, flipping on a light switch, looking at a tree, you know. Was she paying something when she said pay? Yeah, so they, like, <laughs> dropped money. It, yeah. like, panned to a tree. It turned the light switch on. And it was, like, pay, tree, on. And then yeah. she calls one of the guys, and she's like, I know what we need to do. I got it. We gotta make an OnlyFans. And I, I busted out laughing. I don't want to, like, spoil the whole thing. Because there's, like, just watch it. We'll link it on Twitter or whatever. It's funny. Um, also It's so them. funny. Yeah. Also support them if, if you want to, if you can. Why I even found out about it is sometimes she does this thing where... It's just showing her recording vocals for songs. And, oh my god, she's so talented. It always just blows me away. And watching her scream is so satisfying. Yeah, she has, like... I know that there's a lot of screamers in, in the metal scene that they lose their voice. They're not doing it properly, but she has it down perfectly. She can go from singing to screaming, and I wonder what her routine is after singing and, and screaming a lot. You know what I mean? Like, maybe a lot of uh, chamomile tea or something. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Courtney, hit me up. Give me give me a vocal lesson, because I don't think my voice can ever get as low as she does. And just her technique is just so spot on and perfect. Cannot talk enough about Spirit Box, but I also thought it's interesting because Patreon, most podcasts, podcast make a patreon if we get some listeners we'll probably be those people too and make one but i I don't really usually see bands making patreons so i thought that was kind of interesting and do you think that other bands are going to see this and maybe follow suit especially in these you know times where they can't tour you know going back to keith article he talked about they were struggling because they need to tour to make their income true that they need to survive so i thought this was interesting well i think that it could definitely be another avenue for bands that are struggling to make money at this time you know talk about back about keith like he's been doing cameos and so as mm-hmm. jordan from every time i die it's people needing money and they want to still do what they're loving to do but they need a little bit help at this time so i mean i i love it and i think i will support it as well i think this might be a change that we start to see if you're in a band i will always advocate your band as a business treat it like a business you want to be serious and make it your career there are all these other avenues that bands feel like aren't tapping into and a lot of artists are doing cameo i just saw caleb shoma from Beartooth and Attack Attack he just I think he just made a cameo and yeah you know Patreon is just one of those things that it makes sense and bands can put out new content or half demos when they've done them or whatever and I don't know it'd be really cool so I kind of I kind of hope that does become a thing well it's also got kind of an ingenious setup because like there's different tiers to what you're paying for so Mm -hmm. you as a fan like if you're not having a lot of cash if you're strapped for cash there's a different plan based on what you can afford but based on how much you give in that'll dictate how much they give you so they're gonna have different content that's available at different levels so it's pretty cool super behind it in some sadder news Mackenzie bell has passed away for those of you that do not know him he was made famous by being the guitarist early on and he is legend kind of helping them get their start on the first two albums after that he was in the band bludgeon i'm not too familiar with that band but they are going to be at furnace fest and if and when that happens i would definitely still be interested in seeing that band there was an article on the PRP, and it did have some lovely little comments written from former bandmates and former friends. And, you know, it was you know a little bit lighthearted, 
but at the same time sending out condolences to family members of Mackenzie himself. The thing that stuck out to me was he was the king of hot sauces. Uh, <laughs> he had a very amazing collection of those. Thoughts and prayers to the family and, and to the fans as well. And like we mentioned last time, you know, don't try to pry. They haven't released the reason and it's really no one's business. So we are just here to say, you know, we enjoyed your music and we're sorry to see you go. Yeah. Rest in peace to Mackenzie. To end off the news, something a little more lighthearted is there's a trend this week talking about Hate Five Six again. If you don't know who Hate Five Six is, they have filmed so many different bands. They film larger bands, they film smaller bands, they just go to different shows and end up uploading the footage. There's lots of good stuff on there. My roommate and I were going through some of their back catalog, just watching shows because we're really missing them right now. But there's this video they did a harm's way, and everyone is taking the video where like everyone's moshing in the pit, the screamers doing a two-step, and they're putting different songs over it, which I know has been a thing for a while, but this particular video has been memed this week, and it's just so entertaining and has made me so happy. I love it. It's an interesting mix-up between a very aggressive-looking scene and then putting something that you wouldn't expect over it. So they have Shania Twain, Man, I Feel Like a Woman, or the Office theme song. What were your favorites, though, that you might have seen this week? I liked those. I also saw Call Me Maybe one. I saw <laughs> Blinding Lights by The Weeknd. What's My Age Again by Blink-182. Like, they just did all sorts of stuff. My favorite one was the Cat Dog theme song. And <laughs> that's like classic Nickelodeon right there. So that was actually the first one I saw. And ever since then, that's still been my favorite. But I, I still love this trend. And we're done recording. I'm just going to go watch a whole bunch of them to feel good. Well, you should definitely share some of them on the Twitter that we have not started using. The, uh, the I'm Twitter. I'm pushing Twitter this week. Yes, I'm pushing Twitter this week. The um, Twitter that will happen. Yes. we have, At least we like locked down the name. Like that was step for week one. Bam. Episode two is to start posting. Well, yeah, I mean, we um, gotta we gotta get people listening first. Otherwise, what's the point of social media, right? I mean, it all just goes together because then they go on our Twitter and then we got a backlog of all these funny tweets and they're like, yeah, these people. They know what's tweeting. funny. They are tweeting. All right, so we already spoiled it, but what are we talking about this week, Chris? Dance Gavin Dance released a new album. Afterburner was the name of the album. We decided to do a deeper dive and listen to it. We're gonna go song by song and kind of talk about the lyrics specifically and just kind of give you our opinion now i guess just a little background i'm more familiar with the band than london so we're gonna have like an interesting playoff between the levels of interest we have in the band if you want to say it that way <laughs> yeah i mean we've already established this episode that you're the historian so luckily i know nothing about these people i know i'm gonna get dragged and some people are gonna turn this off when i say this but before looking into this album i always get <laughs> dance gavin dance and Circus Survive confused. So oh I definitely thought this was the Anthony Green one. It is not. It is not at all. Um, <laughs> But, you know what, that being said, I have listened to a lot of Dance Gavin Dance in the past, just trying to prepare for shows, see if I liked them, whatever, and I was not into it, and I'm just gonna come out and say it, I actually think I like a Dance Gavin Dance album. We're gonna get into it, but overall, I liked this album. I'm glad that you could see the light of day, but I mean, <laughs> track one, Prisoner, what are your thoughts on that one? So full disclosure, I have some notes in front of me, and then I'm also pulling up the lyrics to the songs as we talk about them. I was gonna look at lyrics 
and edit my notes before recording, but I suck and I didn't. So now we just get to be live when I find out I'm wrong and misheard things or didn't understand things. So this is going to be fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we always have fun here. What are you talking about? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so my notes say opens up kind of trippy, a lot going on instrumentally. And then the opening lyrics of the whole album. Do you crave a greater reason to exist? Have you always known that symmetry is bliss? And then he goes into this high note that's like glam rock in the 80s question mark. And within five seconds, it jumps into screaming. And honestly, Chris, that's just my notes. But like that is the absolute best description of this whole album I could probably give you. Like that really sums it up. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I mean, that's honestly a good way to summarize Dance Gavin Dance's sound. If you're not familiar with them, do usually start off with, you know, some clean vocals and then it goes right into screaming like, all right, here we go. We're coming back at you. It's getting louder now. But I think that it's funny that you mentioned like a trippy opening because I actually watched the video for this one in the video they're having a hallucinogenic trip off of psychedelics so <laughs> kind of interesting is there any point where they're like basically floating in the cosmos in the video because that's what i would picture for this song well it's one of those things that i kind of had on in the background so i didn't watch the whole video but i didn't see anything like that more or less what i saw is that it seems normal at first and then as the video is going on the visuals are getting more trippy and it's like you were having a really crazy trip you yourself in real life so not necessarily like leaving out of body experience but trippy nonetheless this this whole song felt very existential to me yeah i'm looking at the lyrics right now and there's one part that says space time has no value stuff yeah, like that like, i like that quote i am seeing that i was very wrong at the chorus where they say prisoner which is the title of the song i definitely thought this entire time they were saying crashing in oh not sure how i heard that i guess just something about the delivery but he has an interesting see, voice i'm wrong <laughs> Tillian, like you were saying, the 80s, he can hit some high notes that I haven't oh, heard yeah. in a long time, let me tell you. It's not just high notes. Falsetto is one thing, but he puts that kind of power behind it, and then that's where it hits that 80s glam rock vibe. Oh, yeah. So I thought that was really interesting. A lot of the time, he's just falsettoing, but this was one of the times he put that oomph behind it, or oomph. like whatever good, the word, word would be. That's a very good word. But going back to what you said about existential feeling vibes to that, like, I definitely see that. And I also see it as being a prisoner in your own self, you know, to your habits, to your crutches, ways of coping with things. So, you know, I could kind of see that being an underlying meaning of this all, too. Looking at the lyrics, and I definitely did not catch any of this actually listening to it, but it says here, well, Billy backs abortion and eye cream, smokes a pack of Christian Bale and fucks on an island. Yeah. So getting into some hypocrisy and then also get off the high horse and fly the spy plane. I don't really know what fly the spy plane means, but that also seems like hitting on hypocrisy and also classic acid put me back in the casket. So I think that really touches what you're picking up on. So I'm really glad that you mentioned that, actually. And that's my one of my favorite quotes from the whole album, one of my favorite lyrics snippets uh well billy backs abortion and eye cream smokes a pack of christian bale and fucks on an island i like the way that he delivers that i like the way it comes out additionally classic acid put me back in the casket like i love the way that sounds that's a very good line but i'm probably going to mention this a lot john mess the screamer he from what i've read from what i've heard about the setup how they record he's kind of like the epitome of let the music take it where it goes he'll go in there and he'll try 
to make his vocals fit as another instrument that works with the other in instrumentation. So I feel like a lot of the times it's kind of free association lyrics, but at the same time, it can kind of get lucid here and there. Like, you know, classic acid puts me back in a casket. That does go back to that original thought I had. So it's almost like he's back in and out of lucid thinking. So that's kind of my take on his lyrical style. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. I think the last like point that I at least have on this song is that, and I could be wrong as we go through, but there are a lot of places that I heard lyrical bits that made me question like what the age group target is. So for example, the last line in the chorus, we'll never judge you, the way that that's delivered feels, I guess like an ode to teenagers in a sense. There's a lot in this album about like, I want you to believe in yourself. I guess they strike me as like a little cheesy, but also like, I probably would have really eaten it up at a time when I needed messaging like that. Does that make sense? It does. You know, it is kind of weird to try to pick out who their demographic is. I think it is <laughs> kind of just anybody because like I was saying earlier, you know, it's either hit or miss with people. So I actually see what you're saying now. And, and actually that does kind of seem to be a theme, but the believe in yourself kind of thing, that is kind of something that we need right now. That's true. I'm not, I'm not saying like teenagers only need that, but it, the way that it delivers, yeah. I don't know. Sometimes when I hear lyrics that strike me as a little cheesy like that, maybe it just hits me as being quote unquote childish, which is not, I don't know. Like it just kind of stuck out to me as like, if I was a teenager, maybe I would really dig in on that more, I guess. I got you. And like, so you're saying like up until that point, you're like, okay, this seems like pretty adult themes. I'm kind of vibing with them. Like, oh, wait, what is that about? You know, is that? It's not even like I'm listening to it in like an adult child dichotomy. Yeah. It just seemed like normal. And then it was like, oh, are we, you know, reaching out to kids right now? Which is not a bad thing and not a criticism, just something that stuck out to me. And I noticed was a reoccurring theme throughout a few of the songs. It's, a, me, at least. it's really an interesting point that you mentioned that. It's actually not something that I picked up on, but now that you mention it, I, I do kind of see what you're saying. I think that this was a really good opening track to the album. So Next song is Lyrics Lie. Yes, talking about sequencing an album, like I honestly think Lyrics Lie might have been a better opening track, but mm. that's just my opinion on it. And also, my first thought here, so I know that I mentioned earlier that John Mess a lot of times kind of seems like free association. Sometimes it seems like what he's screaming doesn't fit with the narrative that Tillian's singing about. Lyrics Lie, I think that they're actually kind of playing together well here because Tillian is mentioning in verse one, he's talking about taking time off focusing on himself seems like he's very happy about the way his life is going he's feeling himself but in the chorus it kind of shows a different side don't forget about these things that happened in the past that kind of made you who you are kind of thing so it actually did fit well with what the screaming and the singing lyrically what it was about i feel like so you feel like the things that he's screaming did actually happen that's what i got out of it because okay you know there's almost like a back and forth like an inside argument like remember when we felt alive no i don't think so remember when we almost died that never happened right so i actually took the opposite view which is really interesting because i guess this is their ninth album and i'm not familiar with their discography so i was like did they sing about these things before but they didn't actually happen and that's why lyrics lie because i mean it seems more like they're addressing that hey sometimes our lyrics aren't to be taken at face value sometimes we sing about things that didn't ever happen and so i i mean obviously remember when we felt alive classic great emo line here no yeah. i don't think so yeah love that remember when we almost died that never happened so that could actually be something that didn't happen and then <laughs> i know we were gonna bring this up later but this just i actually caught this before looking at the lyrics and i i had to like keep listening as it went through again because i was like is that 
really what they're saying, but the lyric is actually, remember when you tried to kiss her, but she was gay and liked your sister. And then it's, I don't remember that at all. I guess sometimes lyrics lie. That's where I was like, have they sung about that before? But that didn't actually happen. What's going on here? <laughs> so actually, I'm really glad that you mentioned that. It's kind of interesting just seeing that we have two different interpretations of that. I don't honestly know. So maybe that's something that they're going to add us at about on our, our social yeah. media. Right? If you know if these things happen, please add us. This is your permission to add. Yeah. We want to know. We is do. this Do the lyrics lie? Are the lyrics true? Because right Please now, help. this is our interpretation, but, yeah. <laughs> but uh, there was some other lyrics that I want to cover that I really liked. And, you know, this is, in my opinion, classic John Mess. <laughs> so in the first pre-chorus, he says, see, I feel my slit get wrist tight, written on my mitten, feeling angry, go, go, night, night, me go feed the pigeons. Well, some of you guys asked about how I fit this in my mouth. Well, there's a link below my pout. Entrepreneur's rule. Yeah. What? Yeah. I did not pick up on any of this. <laughs> well, it's because he screams it. So like, you hear it yeah. first and you're like okay cool aggressive and then you hear it a second time and then you hear it a third time you're like wait he just said me go feed the pigeon that's what he says <laughs> but i yeah it fits well like this is why i think that he is one of those people that just kind of he lets the work influence what he does and it, it does fit well with the track right yeah i mean one of my compliments that i have on most of these songs is just how well put together they are so when we were growing up and teenagers it was really popular to do cleans and screaming and blend them together and it actually led to a lot of tracks that you could go from point a the start of the song and it's sounding like one thing and then it could be basically a whole nother song in the middle and then it could go to a whole nother song and then back to point a and these songs that were all over the place but flowed really well and i haven't heard that done well since it's been a long time <laughs> yeah. it's been a long time since i've heard that until this album and the way that a lot of this is put together like i will say masterfully even if you're not into the sound the way that they're able to make these songs flow is super impressive in my opinion oh for sure and they have been around a while this is their ninth album i think that they've been getting stronger in this type of sound with each go at it on the first album you could definitely hear them trying to put it all together i think the first album was very good but i think this is them at top form right now. that that's actually something i wanted to ask you about too because I haven't listened to them album by album I've just sort of dove into a lot of stuff from all over the place based on whatever they play live I feel like this has a lot heavier sound than a lot of albums when they're going into the screaming and the heavier parts I feel like they're heavier is that just me making that up or do you feel like that's accurate actually that's a good point I guess I, I wasn't even thinking about that or mentioning that until you, you said that so John Mess I think he's gotten better at screaming but in a way that it's more clear to pick up on what he's saying if that makes sense i think that uh in the earlier records it was a little bit not necessarily more guttural but just harder to pick up on it was a little bit more of actual a scream you know i'd say now he's more like in between a scream and kind of a sing kind of a yell kind of interesting thing, right? i feel it's kind of i feel like it's the opposite that's so interesting i feel like a lot of these screams are pretty low and really just aggressive in your face and there's some parts where you you are kind of hearing his voice but most of it i feel like you're not and it's just kind of going in and it's also the way that it's pairing with the instrumentals because the yeah. instrumentals are very heavy. You could take out, in some parts, not all parts of the song, obviously, because it's all over the place, but in some parts, you could literally just take it out and just make a hardcore track. You could edit it, tell me that's the whole song and that this is a new hardcore band, and I'd be like, oh, hell yeah, I'm here for it. You know? Oh, yeah. Well, actually, though, if you like that hardcore sound, there is a band called Secret Band 
that has John Mess as the screamer, Will Swan on guitar, and I think there's another member that was formerly in another iteration of this band. But yeah, check out Secret Band. They are a more hardcore version of this. Okay, there we go, everybody. More stuff to check out. The next track, and sorry if I butcher this, is Kalantamiento Global. I think that was actually very close to nailing it, but I still kind of didn't nail it. But anyway. I can literally feel the future cringe from Spanish speakers listening to that. Yeah, it was But bad. I commend you for trying because I refused to. I'm very sorry, everyone, but <laughs> this is the next track. And when it started, I was immediately like, okay, this is groovy. I'm into it. And then it goes screamy and I'm like, awesome, still into it. And then it started doing sleens in Spanish, which now that I'm looking at the lyrics, the intro is also in Spanish and I'm just dumb <laughs> and didn't pick up on it. <laughs> but when it gets into what I picked up on, which was the pre-chorus and the chorus, I was jamming in my car. I had just been to the grocery store because that's the only place I can go. <laughs> and I love this track. This is actually one of my favorite tracks on the whole album. You've said previously that pretty much all of the tracks on this record are all over the place, but this was the first one where I was like, oh, this is kind of like a new chapter on this album. And it's very danceable that's the first thing yeah. that i picked up on it'll get your hips it moving puts the dance and dance gavin dance hey well while we were butchering the title tillian he has a really good handle on that language my god it's it's we beautiful. assume we don't technically know well from it what sounds I good know, it sounds good <laughs> from what i know please correct me if i'm wrong at chris if he's if he's wrong about spanish if i need to correct this on episode three i will yeah. We need to give them your Twitter handle at the end so they know where to at you. I'm going to have to make a Twitter just so people can at me angrily. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, I do like you know the way it sounds mixing in the Spanish with English screaming. I do like how we're using Genius because we can actually click on that to see what it says. So the intro is, I adore you, my queen. You're the only one I see. I adore you, my queen. You're the only one I see. So it's a lot of repeating the same thing, but that's very beautiful. So I'm actually looking at verse two right now, and I just clicked on a random lyric, uh -huh. and it's the one in the middle, and it translated to emblem emblazed above the head. I'm your avatar and somebody put a note an annotation on the side and the website warns this annotation is unreviewed but it just makes me laugh oh yeah and this person says john seems to be referencing ang and his arrow shaped <laughs> emblem on his forehead <laughs> from avatar the last airbender oh man and I'm just, I could not have picked a better one. Truly incredible. What a series. Uh, <laughs> I hope that's true. <laughs> speaking of which, they are putting that back on Netflix. But back on track. Yeah, I, I'm getting the vibe that this song is basically a love song. So, hey. A love song about Aang from the Avatar. <laughs> well, what I did know before we got into this, that the name, the title, actually stands for global warming. So the chorus is, the way you move solves global warming. The way you move solves global warming. Warming, so where do we hit this person up we need global warming solved where are they i don't know who they are but tillian please get them on this they need to move so i guess this is still kind of true to their form even in another language because it's not a straight up and down love song there's still kind of messages that i'm trying to figure out i mean that seems like the ultimate love line you're so powerful to me the way you move is so entrancing it can solve the world's greatest problem right now I want, I want someone to look at me like Tillian looks at whoever this is about. Jesus. Maybe that is the ultimate love line. But I do like how there's just a lot of repeating that. It seems like in each chorus, each pre-chorus, he's doing a little bit of repeating. But I guess this was one of those tracks that I would have needed to look up the actual translation. So I'm kind of glad that we're using Genius, as I mentioned, to do that right now. 
But the main thing that I picked up on this one is just that it's so groovy and danceable. I really like it a lot. My only criticism with this song is just that the one lyric that for some reason my ear always picks up on and I cringe a little bit is, yeah. I guess I smelt what I dealt. And yeah. I'm just like, why? <laughs> so that's, Why is that in here? That's kind of been a criticism that I've heard of John Mess occasionally. Like, you know, some quotes that I'll see, they'll be like, well, I was into it. And then John Mess said something that took me out of it. So I will say... He's that got a few of those lines on this album. Yeah. We're going to get into some special stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for sure. But that, that one definitely kind of like took me out of the song for a second. But, but yeah, talking about a love song, that is kind of a funny thing to have in a love song, right? <laughs> yeah. But all right. Next one. Three Wishes. Yeah. So... Any- particular thoughts on this one well this was one of the first ones that i actually listened to it was one of the first singles for the album to be honest with you i feel like at this point of the album it kind of started losing steam a little bit and then it kind of picks up again at the very end of the album but i did enjoy it there is some lyrics that stuck out to me (laughs) yeah the first one i don't know if you picked up on this and i did hear these correctly so the first pre-chorus he's like and maybe i'm a little crazy but i won't break your heart and then it's kind of this poppy thing and then immediately Immediately, it goes from I won't break your heart to John Mess screaming multiple stab wounds. Multiple stab wounds, yeah. So you won't break my heart, but you'll stab me? Is that what we're saying? Wow, and I guess I didn't catch it because of the poppy uh, that's yeah. funny that kind of makes you forget about it wow that <laughs> <laughs> like what <laughs> that is beautiful i found that very entertaining <laughs> and then you know furthermore in verse two you know i won't tame you won't fade your shine won't restrain i you, liked that a lot because healthy we stand some healthy relationships guys yeah. no multiple stab wounds but like don't try to restrict your partner your partner should help you grow for sure oh this one okay this is one of those things that sticks out to me i know that throughout this album john mess is the one that has those one-liners where you're like hold up but yeah i yeah this is the one i didn't realize it was this song but when i was referencing a second ago we're gonna get into some weird lyrics this i think you're about to say the one that i was literally thinking of is it uh i make offbeat noises with my little guitar always been a little crazy no. but i don't think too hard oh no not at all you're missing my mouth is open wider than the time i had sex oh yeah no that was john i knew you'd do this you're awesome bitch <laughs> what <laughs> oh, I didn't what is happening? Hear that last part. I know you do this. You're awesome, bitch. I did hear my mouth was open. My mouth is yeah. open wider than the time I had sex. Yeah, um, I didn't hear the last part either. But every time I hear the mouth is open wider one, I always, I just am like, am I hearing this correctly? And I see from lyric genius that yes, I was. <laughs> I actually really enjoyed the video of this, and it's funny. Like the video is more lighthearted than what maybe this song is alluding to. But maybe it's one of those songs where it's like a dark subject matter, but put to like a poppier happy sounding tune right i think maybe it's just that thing you're talking about where like john mess has a weird writing style and it doesn't match with what tillian's doing in the chorus because honestly everything else seems like just a kind of just a love song and i know you said that you felt like this was losing steam but i actually really like this song this is also another part that i felt maybe this was reaching out to teenagers a little bit oh yeah with i guess i'm still learning that your brain is bizarre which i i like as a concept it just felt i don't know especially going in with i won't tame you i won't fade your shine and that felt very like messaging about healthy relationships which again super here for i actually like this song a lot it's very catchy but it kind of hit that reoccurring theme that i was feeling i don't don't know i know you're saying you liked it and i'm not saying it's a bad song but i just feel like this is kind of where it starts to lose steam as an album just for a little bit though see so i like this one 
And then the next song is One in a Million. And this song, for me, is probably the weak song of the album. I can't say that it necessarily lost steam for me for a few tracks, but this one definitely stuck out as the weaker one for me because the chorus is kind of cheesy for me. And it's like, heal my soul because I'm one in a million. Again, hitting on this reoccurring theme. I have in my notes a bunch of times RT, RT, RT for reoccurring theme. <laughs> of it feels like this is kind of, you know, for maybe a kid that's feeling lost needs that encouragement power to it. It just doesn't hit for me. It just hits as cheese. I do like the line, but you can't even use a computer. Yeah, and that's John Ness for you right there. You know, just like, did I hear that right? Yeah, I did hear that right. I love it. For me, this was kind of like the two song lull of the album i also i mean i like the ending of the album we'll get to that but i guess these two songs and kind of towards the end are kind of where i lose interest and i'm not saying that they're bad i'm not saying that they're bad by any means but i just don't vibe with them as much as the rest of the album yeah plot twist we're gonna have some disagreements coming up i feel it oh we're gonna fight over dance cabin dance i i think it is (laughs) um now that you mention it, like I can kind of really, especially on this song, see what you're picking up on. I had one lyric here that I was looking at. Get straight, dominate, dictate faith, don't tolerate. You got to concentrate, conglomerate. That's an interesting Hallelujah. one. Hallelujah is the next yeah. line. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, actually, something interesting here I didn't pick up on. Yeah. Verse two, uh, Tillian says the line, kill my prison, which I'm just going to give them credit on and assume they're doing a nice little nod to track one, prison. Oh which I actually liked a lot, assuming that's what it is, and I'm just going to go ahead and give them the credit for it. Could be wrong. See, the funny thing is, you know, we could do a review of this every week, and it might change each time because we might find a new layer, a new level of this, but it is something that you have to listen to multiple times. This band, not just the lyrics, we're talking about the lyrics specifically here, but the guitars themselves are very intricate. The drums are very Mm -hmm. intricate. Everything fits together really well, but at the same time, it's... Yeah, but it's all chaotic at the same time. It's crazy. Yeah. That's true. It does tend to feel a little chaotic. I think especially when you're used to music that's come out over the last few years. I'm actually really excited to listen to this album again since we're looking through the lyrics because I think I'm going to be hearing a lot more that I might have missed the first, you know, 10 times around. I'm really glad that, you know, this album is kind of, you're really liking the whole thing, you know, rethinking it. But Yeah, we're only halfway through. True. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> this next song was actually one of my favorites on the album. The song okay. is entitled Parody Catharsis, which mm-hmm. I really like that song title actually i had actually a lot of love for the lyrics here and also this is the first song that we hear will swan do a little bit of rapping on how do you feel about that i must not have felt very much because i don't (laughs) remember the half rapping part he'll do this occasionally and he didn't do this the whole time as the band went on but can't remember the the name of the album powder to the people was the song that he first did a rap kind of thing on this one really blends in well because it's just a pre-chorus little thing he says uh got a leg up no when to sit Uh, down Oh, that part. That part. Now I know what you're talking about. Other than that, I think that this was probably my favorite John Ness song lyrically. Okay. Uh, Looking at my notes, I only had a couple lyrics that really stood out to me. So one of them, I can't even find it on Lyric Genius. Maybe I just made this up. But it says, I need to numb my blood so I'm okay. And then I put dash lull same. (laughs) I don't know how I have two degrees, because this is how I take notes. Oh, here, um, it's on the chorus. Okay, yeah. it's on the chorus then. And that really stuck out to me, and I was like, LOL, same. And then, also in that chorus, it says, as the world is crumbling down, I'm falling in love. And then I put, lol, what a time to release this, since we're in the middle of quarantine when it really feels like the world is falling apart. Yeah. 
Unfortunately, I'm not falling in love right now, but still, I thought that was interesting. My only other note on this song is very catchy, well put together. It is very catchy. So this song, for me, the one of the reasons that I like it a lot, I'm really big into outros. If there's something that really sticks out about the outro to the song, that'll really get me going. It's almost like that second dopamine rush that you look for, like, towards the end of the song. So I like both Tillian and John Mess's last little lyrical bit here. So, oh my god, I'm reading it right yeah, now. So Tillian, his bridge is, this is where you blame it on the weather or blame it on the devil or blame it on whomever. You suck already. This is where you blame it on the weather or blame it on the devil or blame it, blame it on whomever. You suck either way. So I, I just love how he says that twice. Like, you suck, you suck either so way. So on that really quick, we haven't hit any of this, but I know I put a couple times in my notes, like, who hurt you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and also, and then I put, is there tea question mark? Do we have tea about any of this? Because there are some lines on this album that are really ripping into somebody. Well, you know, I don't know if there's any specific tea, as you mentioned, but as the Dance Gavin Dance historian around here, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure if this is about a specific love interest or if it could be a jab at maybe another band, a previous band member. I don't know. But yeah, I'm not if sure. If you have the tea, <laughs> listener, another thing to add us on. Yes, please let us know. We don't know. <laughs> who, who hurt Tillian? Um, who hurt Tillian? <laughs> but yeah, they suck either way, whoever that is. I like the outro with John Mess. I can't believe this. I'm a fetus. I'm a baby boy. My height decreases. I can't reach the counter. Find my toys. Once gave speeches. Now they're screeches. What can I destroy? I'm not lazy. <laughs> I'm just baby. Tiny baby boy. Good stuff. So the tiny baby boy part literally makes me just think of Always Sunny in Philadelphia <laughs> with Charlie. Yeah. Basically, there's an episode where he says something like that, so now I'm I'm wondering if that's a reference to that. No one's annotated it, so. It's funny that yeah. there's always just one line here or there for John, and this one's another one that's not reviewed yet, but for my height decreases, I can't reach the counter, find my toys. It says, John is on, in parentheses, probably an acid trip and is feeling himself shrink from the height of a grown man to the height of a baby in real time and let me tell you this has three down votes right now so <laughs> I, was just gonna, I was gonna say that i'm looking at that too was this the same person that had the other one like i don't know i don't know but i actually you know what i'm just gonna have a bone to pick with this person because yeah. i actually think that this is a well done metaphor i actually don't think that this outro is sort of stream of consciousness because he's literally taking first line i'm a fetus i'm a baby boy bringing it back down into the last line whether it's a always sunny reference or not and like my height decreases i can't reach the counter find my toys sometimes you feel childish you feel small so i think that that's a metaphor for feeling helpless you know yeah. you want something you can't get it once gave speeches now there's screeches i think that's a double play on both i feel like a baby like i'm screeching i can't talk but also so a lot of people would describe screaming what he's literally doing as basically just making noise and not really saying anything because that's how people view this genre and then what can i destroy which also you know you're a kid you might be self-destructive or like destroying everything around you even though you don't know it because you're a kid that's not your perspective so i think that the whole outro is actually a really well done metaphor right and when you're touching on that specific line there once gave speeches now there's screeches could come back to feeling helpless in the current political climate now we're mm. screeching in anger what can I destroy with this anger? What do we do, right? It's such a political episode. We got global warming on this album. Now we've got political outrage. Just really just dance, Gavin, dance going for it. Yeah, and I guess this is another <laughs> instance of you kind of have to give it to John Mess because sometimes upon first listen, you're like, okay, what are you on, buddy? 
And then if you look at it more, you're like, okay, all right, dude, this is really deep stuff, actually. And it is one of those albums that I'm going to still have to listen to to get more meaning out of it, I feel like. Do you feel that way, too? Yeah. I mean, I think it's an album where you could probably listen to it a bunch of times and just keep picking up stuff because, especially lyrically, it's all over the place. And, I mean, this is going to be true of any song is that depending on the context going on in your life and just how you feel and perceive things, it can mean different things to you even at different points of your life. So over time, especially with how not straightforward a lot of this lyrical content is, you could probably listen to it every year of your life and it would feel completely different for you, you know? <laughs> and that's longevity right there. That's true. That's how they got to nine albums. Wow. But we are actually only halfway through this, so we should move on to Strawberries Wake. Yes. And this was actually the second, first or second single. This was one that I heard last week when we first talked about it. You know, I've changed my tune on this song. At first... I didn't like it. I kind of thought that it started out a little bit slow, but now I kind of anticipate it as like a building every time I'm listening to it. It's kind of a song that builds up as it goes. So I think this is pretty much where on the second half of the album where it really starts picking up again. I don't know. Are you on the opposite end on that? I like this song enough. To <laughs> literally one of my notes is overall like this one. So I don't think I feel strongly about this one, but I do like it. My favorite line and the way that it hits on the whole song is definitely clean up the past say I'm sorry for whatever reason that just hits me I don't know and I, I really like how they deliver it it's both John Mess and Tillian at the same time yeah. I guess but this is another RT moment for me so reoccurring themes where it's like I want you to matter to you forget those backstabbers if I was in high school I would be like screaming my lungs out to this yeah. you know I do matter <laughs> yeah but it just also felt very this is for the kids I don't know that's just how it feels to me I gotcha well I, I do like some of the lyrics a lot in here in the refrain Tillian says everybody sins everybody's volatile everybody doubts decisions when they're vulnerable nobody's perfect but everyone's searching i'm sure and that's i think that's a i don't know now that i read it now with what you're saying with those reoccurring <laughs> themes like yeah, yeah, so now it's like it feels in that, that theme <laughs> this isn't a criticism yeah. like i'm not one of those people it's like Ugh, i hate teenagers no everyone's a teenager once i am more concerned about the teens than ever that's a whole nother story so I, I like it i i think it's fine the thing is though is that usually when when I pick this up in an album if it feels like an after-school special to me I'm not gonna pick it up again but this even though it feels like that in some places it still flows well and it's still put together well so I still like these songs I still like this album it doesn't ruin it for me but it's just something I pick up on and notice and I could be completely wrong <laughs> wrong about theme of the day I'm wrong about everything <laughs> hey, it's fine we're both wrong that's the theme of the yeah, day we're both wrong all the time don't listen to us <laughs> or facts. do do we are fake news you could listen to what you like it's it's up to you <laughs> but well as i mentioned though like i think i think that um this song you know it does have that building factor to it and it does kind of help lead into a really strong afterburner second half of the album oh uh, my God. <laughs> you you can uh, cut that out if you want anyway oh no that's oh no that's getting cut <laughs> for sure but uh, the next song, Born to Fail, is another one of my favorites. This one actually had the lyrics I wanted to mention in the end of the song that I think was a direct kind of call out or diss on a, a previous band member. But before oh. we get into that T, was there anything the that tea. really sticks out to you in this? I think this might be the heaviest intro of the whole album oh, on yeah. a track. Yeah. So that caught me immediately, of course, because I really dig those parts of these songs. Yeah, in my notes, I put really like the beginning of this one. I have a quote here, but it might be what you're talking about. So I'll let you point out yours first. 
Okay. So this kind of is a background about the whole song, and then I want to talk about the specific lyrical quote that I'm talking about. So give me the tea. <laughs> so it seems to be dissing Tillian's old band, Tides of Man, and possibly former Dance Gavin Dance Queen vocalist Johnny Craig. I don't oh, think... Oh, I did not know Johnny Craig was in... Da- Again, everyone, I know nothing about this <laughs> band. I did not know Johnny Craig was in Dance Gavin Dance. That's an interesting twist. So I don't... Where there's Johnny, there's T. <laughs> that's for sure. That is very true. And you're going to love the specific quote and what it, what it might be about. But so, I don't know. This is one of those things that is from a contributor. So I don't think it's about Tillian's old band, Tides of Man, as much as it is about Johnny Craig, because I could totally see it being about him. But the specific line that I'm going to talk about here is from the end. Well, it's a bridge from John. It says, ditch it, fist bastard. Cancel all your fans. They're passed out in the pasture, sucking up the spam. You look just like a person, but missing all the man. When life becomes a burden, you just pull a fucking scam. Ooh, probably the laptop scam. Uh-huh. So, genius <laughs> annotation, three contributors, uh, upvoted eight times. It says it could be a reference to Johnny Craig selling those freaking MacBooks. And then, yep. yeah, and then he's just like, yeah, but it wasn't a scam. I got hacked, so. Yeah, I got hacked was the excuse. I think he was charging, you know, we'll find an old article and link it on the Twitter if you don't know about this. But I think... It was that he was trying to sell one MacBook for like $800 or something ridiculous. And it was used and he sold it to multiple people. And then, you know, the same one, he didn't have multiple. And then, of course, nobody got the MacBook to begin with. And then he's like, yeah, I was hacked. Like, I, dude, come on. Come on, Johnny Craig. I'm going to, I'm also going to go with that that's about Johnny Craig. Oh, man, in the outro, it says two more times, just pull a fucking scam. God damn. It even says God (laughs) damn. Yeah, so it it almost like nails that point home. So I think that might be the reason why I feel like this is like a really good part of this strong second half. Like you said, you wanted some tea. So, you know, I think this song brings that tea. So the lyric I had pulled out is actually in the chorus, which starts with, this is the song you wish you'd wrote before you prove to the world you're a fucking joke. And then I also picked up on the last few words of the chorus, which is, you were born to fail, obviously title the song. So this is one of the points where I was like, ooh, who hurt you? (laughs) Like, who is this about? Because someone is being added in this and now... I'm also on board with probably Johnny Craig because also it's Johnny Craig. I, I want it to be about Johnny and I, I don't see why or how it could not be <laughs> at this point. <laughs> this is where in my notes I literally wrote JFC who hurt him. Is there tea here? Question mark. Do we know if there's tea? Question mark. Well, we, <laughs> we know as, as much as possible and can confirm that it does it does seem to be about that tea. <laughs> yeah. Then it moves into the song Parallels. Did you have strong feelings about this one? Oh yeah. Like I said... I I think the outro is all freaking bangers here. You know, it starts out with a good line. I, well, the whole intro, I live alone, die alone. I'm my own boss. Turn my phone off. I'm on my throne. Catch me at home. I live alone, die alone. Kind of repeat that. But it's it's a very good opening. And then it goes into John screaming, but the stakes are higher now. I'm all I like up. that. I, I literally put dash. I felt that, okay. like, but the stakes are higher now. I like that And this a lot. actually kind of, so this is one of those times, for me at least anyway, that it seems Tillian and John Ness are on the same weight. As I mentioned before, I think a lot of times that it just kind of seems like he's kind of fitting things in, but there is some glimmers of them kind of being on the same wavelength, and I think that's one of them here. So, you know, he continues after he says, but the stakes are higher now. I'm all churned up on a diet now, but the stakes are higher now. They want milk from the finest cow. Bang, bang on the door. Who's there? I'm scared. The delivery on this is important because he's screaming, bang, bang on the door. Who's there? 
I'm scared. Like, and it made me audibly laugh when I first cognitively heard that line where they're whispering, I'm scared. It was a nice touch. But for me, like, I see it as a direct reference because Tillian's like, I live alone. I'm at home. I'm, I'm my own boss on my throne. Now someone's banging on the door, right? I mean, I guess I don't know anything about his life. If he lives on a farm in the middle of nowhere, then I guess that makes sense. I don't know. I just thought it was funny because I don't know if he's been arrested or anything or if it's some reference. I actually felt differently about the intro. So I thought that was interesting because I put it's catchy, but it's a little cheesy, even though it bops. And then they really picked me back in with, but the stakes are higher now in the way that's delivered. And then, of course, I laughed at (laughs) the the bang bang on the door line. Did you pick up on the chorus at all? No. I'm reading it out. Yeah. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> Damn ho. I was like, do you want to read it yeah. or do you want me to read it? Damn ho, you can rob me. I gave up getting paid. Rambo mixed with Rodney. I'm cracked out in a cave. Oh my god. Right. This is John Mess, everybody. But Yeah. Now I get why he's scared when they're at the door. Yeah. Because he's Because he's out. probably getting robbed. <laughs> there you go. You know, this is just another instance of why I like John Mess and, and his lyrical style. It's just every time you think you know what's going on in the song, you listen to something else, you're like, okay, there's something else going on here. Yeah, there's definitely a lot to focus on. The other thing I, I noticed here, I put that I really liked the ending part, and I was like, it's not exactly a verse. It's not really, it's not a bridge. It's not a breakdown. And it's too long to just be an outro is what I wrote, but... I guess it's classified as the outro. Whatever they did, I really liked the the end of it. With the John Mess, you know, repeating himself. Why don't you stop? Why don't you quit? We'll never get better. We'll never get over it. Yeah. I really like self-deprecating music, so this was my jam. uh, (laughs) This is, they got me. (laughs) Both of us, right? Yeah. Thankfully, I'm not as self-deprecating as I was when I was younger, but musically, I think it still really hits home. Oh, yeah. Especially when they put it as the outro, you know, the... That's yeah. Well, because it's, I believe this is a heavier outro, right? Oh, yeah. Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah. Oh, I guess John messes the screamer, so yeah. that would make sense. But yeah, just really well put together. Do you have any more comments on this song, or shall we move on? Let's move on. And this next one is another banger to me. I'm hoping you're feeling the Night same. Sway. Yeah, Night Sway. Immediately goes hard. Yeah, right? I'm, I'm sure you were going to like that. I think that there's a lot of instances in this album where. The song starts out early, really heavy, or not necessarily really heavy, but it really gets me going instrumentally. And then the lyrics over top of whatever's being played just really, really get me into the song. This intro, when your apathy's gone sadistic and you've discarded truth, all of your work is worthless and you're dancing with doom. Your ego runs rampant and tells you you're screwed. And so I tried to watch The Witness and I found out I'm you. So hey, that's... That's a fun one, right? Wow. So, A, love this. B, this is another moment I'm realizing I was wrong because all I heard out of this, listening to it, was your ego runs rampant. Okay. And I was like, oh, like, this is really pointed. This is at somebody again. But I'm going to change my tune because I didn't hear the last line and I found out I'm you. And I think this is actually a really well-constructed self-call-out. Yeah. And that's actually really cool because... It's going from that last outro that seems pretty like self-deprecating and going straight into basically like a poem of an intro to another song that is also hitting on those self-deprecating topics. So I'm even more impressed with this. Like, I really like this. Yeah. You know, that was actually a really good transition, too. I mean, talking about tracking on an album like John Mess's first verse, we got addicted to what could go wrong. I think I'm living right. It's 
just play along. We got addicted to our lonesome theme song. Plans for the planet were done run. So like I feel like that just kind of keeps going with that thought. It's kind of funny that it is kind of hard to pick up on things like the first listen around, but this whole song is very, it all fits together. Yeah, so I wrote down super poppy chorus and goes right back into being hard. Stop Defending Me is the lyric in the chorus that really stood out. And then especially realizing how self-deprecating this song is, I vibe with that even harder. Oh yeah. I've definitely felt that before. I also want to shout out, now that I'm looking at the lyric, there's another I'm your prison, won't you listen, Yeah. Um, is in the pre-chorus. So I'm going to just say that that keeps tying into prison, which makes me want to go back to the first song and like listen to it, realizing that they keep making these prison references throughout and maybe finding something else in that first song and the way it's tying together. Well, maybe I was wrong about saying that should not be track one. <laughs> I actually really liked it as a track one because it feels, I thought it felt very existential. And so I felt like it didn't, fit into the album because it feels a little trippier yeah and actually now that we've been talking about this i feel like the first half of the album so far maybe we'll see what the last few surprises happen in you know the next songs but the first half of the album it seems like the john mess writing is a little i guess more chaotic like stream of consciency and then the further we're getting down into this it feels very specifically rooted and very what's the word i'm looking for just I can't think of the word, but just well put together metaphors seems to be what he's doing and getting a little more direct. And that's actually really cool, too. <laughs> I I am liking this album more and more as we talk about this, to be honest, and getting just more appreciation for this band. Just continuing right along, I think this next song here, Say Hi, is actually my favorite one on the album. I believe this was the first one that I picked up on specifically, and I, I think I sent that to you. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. you did. And th So this is actually the first song that I heard, and having my previous notions on this band, it's kind of doing some instrumentals, and then after like 10 seconds or whatever, it kicks into these like really heavy vocals yeah. and i just remember thinking like what is happening because it's not what i recognized with dance gavin dance and so i was immediately really intrigued with the song and full disclosure this is also one of my favorite songs on the album it's good it's a bop it's really good i think my first thing i sent back to you i think i sent this was really chaotic question mark but i loved it question <laughs> mark question mark question mark like i'm pretty sure that was my reaction you know what's funny as we're going on i'm realizing too that you know, you mentioned like the usual album formula, dance, cabin, dance formulas that that clean singing followed by the screaming eventually. But on the second half of the album, it's kind of like it's flipping that dynamic the other way. Yeah, it's a lot of like immediately goes hard, jumps into heavy intro. Yeah, it is. It, it works really well. This song is just so strange, <laughs> but also, again, I love it. I don't even know what to say about this song because it is really chaotic. Like, it feels so all over the place, even more so than normal. Oh, yeah. The breakdown here with John Mess is actually my favorite. It's not necessarily the lyrics that stick out the most. It's just the way it sounds when he says it. So it starts out, uh, uh, hi. Like, he just says that. Like, you know, you kind of feel like he's winding up, like, leading up to it. So I guess what I like about this part, and I guess this goes back to a previous question you asked me about how John's vocal styles have changed over the years. I think this is like one of the first times I've heard him do something like this. And I don't know, he's usually the kind of guy that's very direct and he'll go into that screaming, but it kind of feels like he's winding it up with those first few words. And it just kind of makes it more satisfying for me, I guess. So I was not hearing a, a high during this part i was just hearing like a weird coughing and it like being i thought he was just doing like a cough thing 
to get like chaotic and then like going into you know whatever and now that I can actually hear it in my head as a a high I 100% see what you're saying that it is like he's ramping you up it's almost a little shy but then the high is really chaotic and then it goes into other stuff well I like it too because it leads into the the first line that he screams after that like he says a a high and he says how do I say hi to another guy when I want to die like that's John Mess right there and that's very self-deprecating so I Again, like we're seeing John's parts becoming more pointed at this self-deprecation and it's also getting a lot more chaotic as we go on if you I mean at least that's how I'm seeing it right now so I didn't really pick out the words during this part but I'm reading it now and I really like this where he says why don't you say hi we're all alive and the the line how do I say hi to another guy when I want to die yeah but listen to the like as he gets to the end of it who the hell is recording this i never gave my full consent there's sounds i make i can't defend or show them to my mom i'm interested to know what he's referring to there i can't say i I make a personal connection with with that ending what i've heard is that he came from a very religious background okay i kind of resonate with the history (laughs) t I kind of resonate with that too so you know i could see him saying like maybe his parents his mom specifically is not about the sounds he's making or what he's singing about screaming about you know yeah maybe that's really cool i like that a lot though the part that actually struck me and sort of got me drawn into the song because I, I don't know about you but when i listen to music a lot of the time it'll just be one line in particular that attracts me and then it makes me listen to the song all over again and then i start to appreciate the rest of it but it's the what the lyric genius is saying the refrain with tillian so when i first heard this i thought he was saying did you notice i'm no one and i wish that was the lyric because honestly i just think that hits so hard and i love that so much and then as i was listening to it more it kind of morphed into did you notice i'm no more which i didn't love as much but i still loved and thought was really cool and sort of into this concept of like your sense of self dissolving which is certainly a thing i have felt in the past and then <laughs> a third time was like maybe he's saying normal and that seems to be the correct uh, lyric interpretation which is my least favorite of those three options but i actually still really like it and, and the refrain just really like grabs i guess i don't know did it stick out to you at all or was it kind of like you didn't notice it i thought it said no one the first time i listened to it honestly as well but i wish it said that i'm gonna just pretend it does <laughs> uh, when i listen to it because i like that better but different strokes different folks whatever but i still really like that part like i i love the way that it hits and it's just kind of weird in the middle of this well even if it is yeah, <laughs> it is not even if it is like he's saying i'm normal but i think that's a good play against what john's going off of saying you know i don't feel normal i'm I'm not normal this isn't normal that's true that's actually a really great point that makes a lot of sense i'm just selfish (laughs) (laughs) but i think uh when you put it like that in the song then it it's very like it's brilliantly written i am truly getting a new appreciation from this band that i i thought i already had one but just talking about it i'm just seeing more i actually had another thought on that meaning too because it could go along with them you know having good days right you're not always going to want to stay in bed and justifying i'm normal you know i'm normal and then you have that bad day i don't want to say hi i just want to die you know what i mean like so i could see it going that way as well so i actually like it being that that lyric that that does make sense yeah yeah and you got the multiple interpretations but beautiful so this one say hi the ending it basically to me ends perfectly and it's kind of heavy 
and there's no transition time and immediately it goes into this next song nothing shameful where Tillian's doing cleans and it's kind of poppy it's take all you do is take you can have it all and I just have to say that the transition between these two songs is so satisfying to my ears and like the intro to nothing shameful like immediately catches me and I love it anyways but like there's something about the transition and it being so perfectly timed and it just I don't know like I love it I always want those two songs together even if I like shuffle I'll go put them together because I still want them to flow that way I definitely agree with that transition I also want to say that as we get into nothing shameful I can kind of hear them winding down on the album these last two tracks are not as chaotic both of them start a little bit more chill than the last bit of those back half songs that we talked about. So it starts out with cleans. It doesn't start with, you know, screaming, but I still didn't find it to be like a wind down. It actually hypes me up just the way that the chorus is constructed and it feels very like it feels high energy to me. So that's interesting. So I don't see it as like a wind down. I love that, you know, we're both getting these different interpretations on our first week of listening to this album, essentially. But no, it, the chorus itself was very catchy. And th this is one of my favorite Tillian lyrics on the album, a medical dependency to you. There's nothing shameful that I wouldn't do, right? I don't know. I, I really like the way that sounds got some good john mess lyrics as well in verse one there's a part where he says i'm just a corny cracker i spilled my beans because i'm i'm a fiend i lost my extra mustard it's going back into that more stream of consciousness feeling so that's really interesting that it kind of jumps back there i need to keep digging deeper into these lyrics because i i, I want to know if he's doing this on purpose there has to be some there's got to be some rhyme and reason to it more than just what I think, but I don't know. I think the album, talking through, especially song by song like this, is just really well constructed, and I really like the order that they did it in, and I'm getting a new appreciation for that. I think it just makes sense, like, with the songs that they had, to be fair, but I still want to say that it's, you know, like, purposeful. One question I had on this is, it says featuring Andrew Wells, but I looked him up, and he's... Uh, just a member of dance gavin dance right like he's featured because he's singing i guess is that what happened <laughs> so the band would just be tim matt tillian john and will but the thing is he was actually on another track earlier at least he he showed on genius but he wasn't showed as featured which was weird so i looked at his discography on discogs and i was on the mobile app so it was stupid and wouldn't tell me more and then i was too lazy to get on the actual website so whatever but it showed him as being on two of the previous albums so i was like maybe he's a former band member but i also noticed his name on a previous track on the lyrics genius page so yeah i was just i was wondering if you had any insight into that so maybe he's just former and he just helped on this album <laughs> i can tell you that they have gone through a few vocalist changes i mean you learned today that johnny craig the human garbage can was once in this band so i can't remember if andrew wells was one of the previous vocalists but i feel like all of their clean vocalists have always had that like higher falsetto range so i can't be certain on that but either way it's a good feature i think he adds a lot to this track yeah it does it flows well and this is actually another one of my favorite songs on the whole album it's a bit poppier of a track it feels like there's not as many like heavy parts even though i'm scrolling through and it's saying a lot of john mess so maybe i'm just wrong but it feels poppier to me but i i really loved this song well also just talking about all aspects of their songwriting their instruments do a really good job of making certain song parts sound more poppy yeah, I mean, it's it's how it all ties together. But that's still the impressive part is that we're talking a lot about the lyrics and the vocals and even, you know, delivery and whatnot. 
But throughout all of these different changes in the vocals, you have the instruments following it perfectly. And that's, you know, exactly how the songs are all flowing so well together and, and exactly what I am trying to at least compliment them on of these songs are just beautifully put together. Even if it's not your thing and you don't like it, I think you could at least respect that they flow together so well. I think you also have to respect an artist that is great at their craft, whatever that craft is. And everybody in this band is very skilled at what they do. Yeah, I'm seeing that more and more. But we got one more track, which is Into the Sunset featuring Bill Murray, <laughs> which is spelled B-I-L-M-U-R-I. I'm pretty sure that's his solo project band thing, but it's one of the guys from Attack Attack, I believe. Okay. And I only know this because my friend, I think she tweeted and was like, something like, if this gets 50 likes, I'll get a Bill Murray tattoo. You know, this guy's project or whatever. And so now she just has the name of the project, Bill Murray, like on her arm forever in cursive. That's what I always think of. That's art right there. And I actually didn't realize it was pronounced Bill Murray. Like, I saw that there was a feature, but <laughs> for some reason I was thinking Bill Murray. Like, not like I didn't hear it in my head as Bill Murray, just like one yeah. kind of. I don't know. <laughs> Plot twist, it's supposed to be pronounced like Bill Murray, but everyone just says Bill Murray and the person's actually really mad about it. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Uh, Who knows? <laughs> I think this was not us. I think this was actually the second song that you picked up on. You sent me a text like, This song seems kind of weird, right? Yeah, because it is. It it's is. at least the one part. I thought this was the future though, so I'm now seeing I'm looking at Lyric Genius right now, I see I'm wrong. But the whole time I was like, uh, they should have just not featured this guy. This is my least favorite part of the song i think it just doesn't fit which is something that has been done so well in basically every other song yeah i think it just kind of takes you out completely and i would have honestly just edited this whole thing out do you think it's the length of that part or just that part in general it's just the delivery for whatever reason because as you pointed out he does this half rap thing in a song before and i thought it flowed well like it was totally fine for me but for whatever reason it just doesn't i feel like it just doesn't fit like i feel like you could just literally crop it out and then put the song back together and it would be fine you wouldn't even tell the difference i, I feel that but at the same time I, I really did like this little rap break here i think i also like the instrumentation behind it yeah, there was some lyrics in this little tidbit that I liked, especially climb that ladder, ass don't matter, drip mad hatter, watch it burn, brew that earth up and put it in an urn, and then he rhymes that with turn. But I mean, I don't know, I can see what you're saying, like it kind of takes you out of that. At first, I was thinking maybe we're talking about the length of that part because the previous little rap bit that we had, it was more of like an intro, like a bridge, right? It was like a pre-chorus. It wasn't necessarily a whole verse. Yeah, it's not the length. Like exactly what you just quoted that you liked is what I hated. <laughs> so, I mean, it's obviously just going to do different things for different people. Yeah. I only liked one line in this little bit, which is feels good to be the last generation. And I was like, uh, oof, global warming, you're right. But yeah, it doesn't feel good, but okay. But that you know gives me an existential crisis so it's fine but yeah interesting completely opposite feelings on that i don't actually know where oh you know what i bet johnny frank is actually bill murray yeah that's yep i think that's what i'm it. picking up on yeah used to be a part of attack attack because i was like who is johnny frank and where is bill murray's feature it's the <laughs> same but yeah so previously i thought i hated this feature apparently uh actually i love this feature because it has my favorite line in the whole song which is am i good enough for your love however that's delivered it just hits me every time i listen to this song and that it's one of the shining moments for me i agree with you i know you had that one spot in the song that you don't like but as a whole wouldn't you say this one's a pretty good closing outro for an album I guess I feel like it's a weird 
outro. Okay, so to be fair, I listened to this song second and not last. So maybe if I had originally listened to it last, it would be different. I guess I'm glad that it's last because if I just really didn't want to go through the song, then I could just restart the album. I don't know. That, like, the Will Swan part just really kills it for me. But I, I like the rest of it. And actually what saves it is the John Mess refrain because however he delivers you're a clown now, you're a clown now gets stuck in my head. And so then I actually have to come back and listen to this song. And when I put this album on shuffle, actually, I think I just don't even... Like, it doesn't take me out of the album. So I think I... I think I would have liked it more in the middle, if that makes sense. Because with it being at the end, I'm tempted to skip it. But whenever I like put the album on shuffle, when I was listening to prepare for this, then I didn't skip it. I think it's cool that you mentioned uh, that part, you're a clown now, you're a clown now, and that it gets stuck in your head because another part of that refrain is stick around, get stuck. So you're sticking around for that part of it and getting stuck on it. Yeah, no, they did a good job. I just, I absolutely love the way he delivers that line for whatever reason. It's just, I wish that there was a word Word that was equivalent to aesthetically but with sound the vibe that you say when you like the aesthetic of something i need an equivalent for that for sound and that's what that does that's what it does to me the delivery of this the line. vocal aesthetic i like that it's a thing now <laughs> it is we said now it's here, a thing i love the here. you heard it here i love the vocal aesthetic on you're a clown now you're a clown now and so good you know just the outro of the song to the outro closing song on this album like i just think the guitar parts are great just how they come together and they do repeat that in the end you're a clown now you're a clown now stick around get stuck yeah that's the last lines of the album yep. and we do stick around we get stuck so hey oh fuck that's hey. great i love yeah, that because i've been starting it over oh so all right we made it through the album yeah that that is the album and it was fun and i'm glad you liked it i'm glad you turned around is there any last thoughts you have on it as a whole i think my last thoughts have changed completely with us talking about it than when I had started this. I know you kind of like this from the get-go, so like you were right, Chris. It's a really good album. And just after talking through it, I really am just impressed with the flow of this album, the way they put together. I feel like they do have references throughout. I feel like they have different eras within the same album but it flows really well and like you can still put it on shuffle or you can listen to it front to back and just yeah i'm just i'm really impressed with this album honestly yeah thanks this is one of those uh, i told you so moments but you know we're not we're not gonna you know we're not gonna make that a big thing but thank you I, i'm glad that you did turn around i think you basically hit it all on the head there i think what we should do now is just give our ratings this is our first album review guys so just to let you know we rate things out of cores <laughs> it only makes sense right yeah uh, I'm imagining them instead of stars as like apple cores. <laughs> exactly. That's what you should imagine. So this one for me is going to be 10 out of 10 cores. First album review, I'm giving it the, the strongest rating. I, I really love this album and I think it deserves 10 out of 10 cores. So walking into this, I think I was going to give it a 6.7 out of 10 cores because I really liked it, but I didn't think I was going to listen to it much after needing to listen to it for the podcast except maybe a few songs that got stuck but after discussing it I'm going to raise my rating to 8.8 .8 cores because wow. I am definitely going to listen to this some more. I like the jump though that is a good jump and after talking about it I probably would have rated it 10 out of 10 before but even after talking about it I'm really excited to just dive into it 
and listen to the lyrics more like just start picking it apart piece by piece basically yeah i'm really excited to have looked at the lyrics and then get to listen to it again because i feel like it's going to give me a new perspective on a lot of this i think another thing i want to do here i know we did talk about our favorite tracks as we were talking about them individually but i just want to give our top three tracks each so for me my top three tracks and this is no particular order. I'm just going in the order they show up on the album. Parody, Catharsis, Parallels, and Say Hi. My top three are going to be Calentamiento, Global. So sorry. I really love that song. And then Say Hi and Nothing Shameful back to back. Those are easily my top three. Do you have a weakest song? I want to say, so I, I know that I said Three Wishes is where that kind of slump starts. But honestly, One in a Million is the low point for me. One in a Million is also my weakest track. Oh, hey, we agree. <laughs> so... <laughs> we agree <laughs> but all right to wrap up the show we're gonna give some appreciation to a good thing that's happened the last week some good news or thing we've been checking out what's your weekly good thing chris okay not necessarily a good time or a good part of history but something i've been watching was the waco docuseries that just recently came out on netflix i will say that in the way that it's filmed it kind of seems like it's trying to make you feel sorry or be on the side of the Branch Davidians, but... Which, just to clarify, you're saying, like, the cult that was in Waco? That's what you mean by the Branch Davidians? Yes, that's the... That was the name <laughs> of their religion, and... Okay, okay, I haven't watched this yet, um, I would, but I would being from it. Texas, of course, I, like know about it and i probably will watch it eventually it's it's interesting and i mean other than that the main theme is like you can't trust the government they're up to no good but oh my god the the thing is you know david crash he did wrong you know he was wedding and having sex with underage girls and that's definitely yeah that's, wasn't it actual children well yeah like 12 13 14 so yeah i mean that is children but that second layer of it, like, you know, getting past them trying to get you on their side, the whole case, like how the government, the ATF, the FBI handled it definitely infuriates me. Like that part will kind of get you going as an American, like, hey, hold on now. That doesn't seem like you should do that, but it's definitely worth a watch. All right. Thank you. I will have to check that out. But my good thing for the week is that The Last of Us 2 is now set to come out on June 19th. Previously, because of COVID, it was move to some unknown date but uh june 19th so i only have to wait another month and 13 days what's your weekly band shout out what have you been listening to this is going to be kind of quarantine themed but do you remember the earl sweatshirt album i don't like shit i don't go outside no <laughs> oh, well he does have an album called i don't like shit i don't go outside i've never even heard of that person to be honest what kind of music is it uh earl sweatshirt rose to rap fame through the odd future wolfgang rap collective with tyler the creator and ah, a few okay. others to name you and the history yeah so him and tyler were like the two major forces they're not actually working together right now i don't know if they're beefing still but anyway the album is called i don't like shit i don't go outside it kind of fits in with not being able to go outside it's also kind of dark there's some really uh weird beats that he put together i think it's actually a very good like just sonic background to what we're dealing with so if you've never heard of it i highly recommend this i don't like shit i don't go outside by the one and only earl sweatshirt what about you so yesterday everybody was posting about how peripheral vision by turnover turned five this week i actually only discovered this album I shouldn't say discovered, it obviously existed, but not to me, whatever. At the beginning of quarantine, 
and it was on repeat for like a solid two weeks to be honest we were actually supposed to record the first episode a week earlier than we did and if we had this was already gonna be my shout out or whatever so seemed like a sign to go ahead and shout it out i was very late to this album but it's really good my favorite tracks on it are dizzy on the come down and humming for sure so if you want some like chill i guess it's pop punkish i think there i feel like turnover gets put in with story so far and movements and those bands so i don't know but it's a it's a really chill album and it's really good overall i think that's one of those kind of universe aligning moments you discover them at the beginning of quarantine and like just this week while we're still in quarantine it's now turning five so that's that's actually kind of cool yeah i was like wow a i'm so late to this album and b this album is very beloved because this was all over my instant like i have an instagram for my vinyl because i'm that person whatever um, at least it's not for your dog <laughs> the bio is literally some people make an instagram for their dog i made an instagram for my vinyl so <laughs> um, it's fine but yeah it was all over there and then even like metal and core collectors which is like a facebook group if you like obviously metal and core and collecting merch and shit that's something you can join but it was even all over that and it's definitely not metal or core so i just i thought that was really interesting but great album definitely would recommend All right, and just to close out today, if you're ever interested in talking to us, if you're ever interested in maybe offering some input of what you want to hear from us, also if there's any corrections or, you know, maybe anything that we ask you to get back at us for, you know, definitely do that. We will be putting together the social media as we kind of finalize this last episode of the first kind of run of this initial thing. So we have two, the number, the core pod. We have a monopoly on that one, right, London? Yes, at least a monopoly on the Twitter and the Instagram. <laughs> All right, well, that's enough for now, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, that'll be enough social media, I think, for these first yeah. two episodes. Yeah, I think we're, you know, we're building our media empire slowly at a steady, steady rate. We also have our email, which is to the core 2019 at gmail.com. It's also the number to the core. So yeah, if you have suggestions, input, if you want to compliment us, please do. <laughs> we have easy easily bruised egos um (laughs) but yeah thanks for getting this far if you did i feel like this is going to be a long episode because this was a 13 song album even though it was only 48 minutes it's actually a kind of a short album but it feels longer there's a lot to digest though a lot to talk about so it is a lot Yeah. (laughs) yeah but if you got this far thanks again and uh hopefully you'll check us out again and hopefully we'll make more of these (laughs) until next time stay safe support some local music if you can buy some merch yeah just listen to some music too but yeah later bye